was hard to turn down this opportunity. Um, it's obviously um, one of the premier organizations, not just in hockey, but in sports. And, um, you know, as a kid, you know, cheering up and cheering for the Leafs growing up, um, you know, you start to get those feelings again once I went through the interview process and got that and just what it was like uh, as a kid watching the Leafs and following my favorite players. I just, I thought the timing was too good and it was an opportunity I didn't want to turn down and um, very fortunate to be here and happy to call myself a Maple Leaf. Trying to play it off for Mitch Marner. Down elbow, Tavares in tight lead, shoots, scores! John Tavares, his first as a bud, wearing the blue and white. The mountain top, walk on water, I got power, feel so royal. One second, I'm a strike for you, diamond platinum, no more for you. That adrenaline, never giving in, giving up, not a option, gotta get Improv intro. Improv intro with a little flow rider. I love that jam. You know why? Because all the girls love getting down and dirty. Do a little flow rider. There's a little fist pumping going on to start this one. A little head bobbing. All right. So what you just heard there was the leaf intro. And it was supposed to be our comeback from our first break. But I mean... I guess we had enough break in, in us, and we were right into it. That's we're, Adam, Josh, Adam and Josh. We're looking at the uh, Pucks in Deep podcast. The Pucks in Deep podcast, because we were going with Ride in the Pine podcast, and then Googled it, and some guy from New York has a baseball podcast. He beat us to the name, so shout out to the Ride in the Pine podcast for beating us to it. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes total sense. There's a lot of pine riding in baseball way more way more than in hockey i mean not for me maybe speak for yourself <laughs> but uh yeah so uh we're off and running and uh basically we wanted to uh let the listeners know that um this one probably going to be a little bit shorter uh than our opener i think the opener was still a, a pretty decent uh inaugural episode uh, how did you feel after uh you know listening and uh, hearing a little bit of feedback I actually enjoyed listening to it. Killed some time at work. And, uh, yeah, I thought it sounded pretty good. I think we got our volume issues sorted out. And uh, talked to a few guys that listened to it, and they said they had a few laughs and enjoyed it. So, I mean, the banter is never an issue between you and I, right? It's just figuring out the, the technical aspect. Yeah, it's true. It's it's very true. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're working on it steadily. So, um, you know, I think all that matters, like you said, is, is, the, is the back and forth. And, of course – the uh, the feedback I mean the feedback from listeners is obviously really important we have to get listeners and uh, you know if we want to do that we have to make our show a good show with a lot of good content and you know really raise the production value so um, you know with that being said uh, we also want to let you know that uh, you know we're gonna maybe break the show down into some segments as we as we get you know more uh, comfortable with how the show is gonna proceed you know we're gonna have a little bit of news and notes around the NHL we're going to have a lot of Leaf talk, um, but we do want to, you know, not just be talking strictly Leafs here. Let's go all the time. I mean, we got to give, you know, uh, the, the league its due and some of the uh, no, news newsworthy uh, tidbits of, of the day and the week, of course. I think we're knowledgeable enough to cover everything. 
But uh, I guess to top off the intro uh, section that we've laid out here, um, we, we, we really needed, uh, I was saying to Josh earlier today, is that we really needed to settle on a name because Mr. Coleman here is going to be on Sirius NHL radio this coming Friday. And I said, well, you can't go on there if you can't. They're going to say Josh Coleman from Pembroke. Like, you need me Josh Coleman from the Pucks and Deep podcast so you have something to plug on air. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it was a bit of stroke of luck. Lesko, I uh, I listen to Sirius Radio every day, uh, you know, specifically throughout the summer uh, when most people probably take a break. Um, I'm always listening, and, you know, there's a couple of guys on the show that uh, I really enjoy listening to. Uh, they talk a bit about fantasy, and, uh, you know, just one of the guys, I just tend to agree with them all the time. So by virtue of that... He becomes one of my favorites on the show. So he uh, was just talking about the fantasy pool that they have every year at work and uh, basically just floated the idea of uh, maybe a listener calling in or tweeting in and uh, joining the pool if uh, they were willing to come down to the studio. So I happened to be Johnny on my phone and uh, tweeted. And the rest is history. They got back to me and they said, "Hey, listen, we're not 100% sure if we're going to if we're going to fly, but if we do, you're in." So, I have to be ready. And then they uh, messaged me on Monday and told me I'm in. That's unreal. Yeah, so away we go, down to Toronto, wherever the studio is. I got to figure that out. <laughs> I got to go up to the 4th floor, sign in, and then we're doing the draft at noon. Wow. Off the air in a meeting room. And I think it's seven guys. Yeah. And then we're going live on the air at uh, from one o'clock to three o'clock to announce our picks and why. Wow, that's unreal, man, and and perfect catalyst for and perfect timing, I guess. Considering I know. we just started a podcast. I know, <laughs> man. Like it can't get any better. It just all falls into place real nicely. So it's a good thing we got our named. We're all set for you to plug it, and I uh, can't wait to uh, listen to the segment and hear you on air there. Yeah, it's Looking gonna be a lot of fun. It. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We know uh, we've we've both agreed tonight if we can, if we manage to get to it, uh, we'll we'll talk some fantasy and you know depending on how things go with the episode tonight, let's go. We might just uh, continue the pod through the first few rounds of my keeper league uh, Yahoo fantasy draft, which is happening at nine o'clock. That's nine o'clock uh, Eastern time, so it's in fifty-seven minutes. Oh yeah, we're up against it. We're, we're definitely <laughs> we're definitely up against it, and the the rise are out. The pod the pod rise are out, and um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of excitement for me. I'm going to be a little nervous. You should see my notes. They're they're all over the place. Actually, here they are right beside me. That, that's a pretty thick folder right that's, there. I don't know too many people have a folder for their fantasy drafts. <laughs> Look at all the fucking papers in there, man. They're huge. Anyway, so we'll see if we we'll see if we can get to that. But at this point, uh, let's dive right in, man. Let's yeah. let's talk about the uh, you know the highlights there coming in. We were we were JT focused on those highlights coming in. Yeah. Um, let me ask you something. Uh, I know it seems like old news now, but with the season right around the corner here. Um, it's, uh, it's just starting to kick back up for me personally. Um, where were you when you heard about the JT? I'm sure you were having a great Canada day oh, weekend yeah. and how oh, did it, boy. how did it go for you? Well, I was in one on the Canada day long weekend, rent a cottage up in Calabogie every year with a bunch of chums and had a couple of leafers up there with me. And I went into the cottage. I had left TSN on the TV and went in to make some food and just, Oh, it was 45 degrees that day. The hottest day I probably experienced in my life. Just dumping sweat. 
my buddy's sitting on the couch and he, he lo- turns back to me. He goes, will you sign Tavares? Like he's asking me. And I'm like, what? What? And of course they put it on the screen and like the picture with all the contract details. And I just start screaming and my buddy Lee's there screaming. We're just fist pumping. And meanwhile, I'm wondering or not if I'm going to pass out from the heat and the excitement and the boozing for however many days the booze we may up have, there. Yeah. The booze may have kept you going. Yeah, it could have been. And so we're screaming and a bunch of my friends are down at the water and my wife and everybody in the I guess one of my buddies was down at the water. Everyone's like, what's going on? Like, what's, why are they yelling and screaming? And my one buddy goes, Leaf signed Tavares. And he was absolutely right. And it, would, it was a memorable memorable day. We had a I – mean, it was Canada Day. We had an unreal time, but we just had something extra to celebrate. You know, it was um, – for me, it was slightly different. Uh, it was so hot, uh, as you, as you point out. Um, I was inside. I was inside with the AC on. Smart man. And I just, um, I don't know. There was something about, like, I i had thought that, I had been convincing myself that he was coming. Um, I was really into the Stamkos watch when it happened. And, I mean, what was that, 2015? Yeah. It, it didn't seem realistic. No, then. it wasn't. And no. even this time around, it didn't seem realistic. But I had... I had a good hope. I had faith in in them and getting it done, especially when he didn't sign with the Isles. Or was it the Friday or whatever it was before? Like whatever right. the deadline was for him to accept their offer prior to going. Once once I knew he was going to July first, I I gave it a fifty fifty at least. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like I said, I was just finding reasons to talk myself into, uh, you know, why why he's coming here, and I I it, it seemed almost obvious to me that he was actually going going to come here and of course i had you know lots of uh friends leaf fans and 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 otherwise texting me and you know messaging me on facebook or whatever saying yeah same thing about tavera or uh, excuse me uh, stamkos or you know any other free agent that's ever been you know and while that is somewhat correct i just can't express the fact enough that i just felt that this one was going to happen. This one made sense. Uh, like Stamkos didn't make sense, even though I was extremely interested. Yeah. Um, Babcock did make sense because of the fact that it was time to move in yeah. a better direction. Time for him to move on. Time to move in a better direction. And, and that one made sense as well. Um, and then, of course, you had the Babcock quote where he said, um, players don't want to come here right now mm-hmm. because it's not a good environment. We need to make it a safe environment. And I feel like, you know, with the assistance of, Shanahan, obviously, Lou Lamorello, uh, and then Kyle Dubas for for a couple of years as intra or um, as assistant as well. Like I think that that brass has absolutely accomplished that feat yeah. of moving on and moving into a better, safer uh, place. They've and made the team. Marlo comes and then Tavares comes. They made the team a desirable place to play, and that was the biggest difference. And that's why I had. You know, I had that glimmer of hope going into free agency that things were different this time. I mean, the Leafs were in shambles when Stan closed that free agency. So the desire to play here could not have been there. I mean, first and foremost, I have to think hometown or no hometown winnings on these guys' minds. I mean, they got to realize their career isn't going to last forever. And Tampa Bay has been a top, you know, very respectable organization for a number of years now. And I think Stamkos made the right choice. Absolutely. And me too. No hard feelings. No hard feelings, bud. Yeah, me too. Um, so let's let's talk specifically about the uh, the lineup. Um, you know, I just pulled up Tavares' desist, uh, statistics from last year: eighty four points in eighty two games. So a full season is one of the 
uh, most important things that I'm looking at. Was that a career year for him too? Uh, no career. He careered it in uh, 2014, 2015 right. with 86. So right. it was nearly career. Yeah. Um, he had more penalty minutes uh, back when he careered it as well. So he, yeah. was, he was feisty. They made the playoffs that season. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, he ends up being a minus 12, which is, uh, you know, I don't think that's indicative of his play. That's more the Islanders the team, the yeah. Islanders. Um, but with that said, do you believe that these statistics are really anything to, um, you know, use moving forward with John Tavares as he comes into what is only only can be described as an extremely lethal offensive core? Well, I can tell you one thing. it's We know what to expect with John Tavares. We know what he is, but we don't know what he's like to play with talented players. I mean, it, I, I don't want to take anything away from guys like Ocposo and Bailey and Molson, the guys he's played for over the years. But well, he Barzell. Made, he's made those guys rich, though, if you think about it. Like, he's turned fringe top six guys into, you know, first-line guys, Anders Lee, you know, you go through the list. He's never played with anyone with the likes of Mitch Marner with that level of talent. So if you're going to look at his last year's stats and then what to project on him this year, you got to think it's going to be higher, at least from a goals perspective. I mean, I see him hitting 40-plus well, this 37, year. Well, 37, yeah. 30. 40-plus should be – he should be able to do that in his sleep provided the, uh, him and Marner stay healthy this year. Especially with the power play time and – there, there's just no reason to believe he he would score anything less. And I haven't looked at any of anybody's projections. I, I think I was looking at Lecision's projections today on the Athletic. I think he had him pegged for about the same, 37, 38. I mean, I got to give him at least 40 minimum. I, and there's no reason to think otherwise. Well, he's going to get some good assignments, man. Like, he's going to be getting a lot of, like, a lot of secondary assignments. That's right. Like assignments that are favorable to himself. Favorable to yeah. anyone because yeah. it's going to be, okay, well, who are we going to defend tonight? Yeah. The Leafs don't have to worry about Babs is so fixated on matching lines throughout his tenure here with the I know. Leafs. There's I'm worried be, about that. There's going to be none of that anymore because you just got to roll him. Let the other team play that game. Yeah, but are you sure? He is pretty stubborn, man. Yeah, but he's got to recognize what he has. Has he ever had this level of talent since the early Red Wings even? And oh, no. Even then, maybe not even the same level of talent. Or center depth, for that matter. Yeah, no, no, it was a different dynamic for yeah. sure. Like they had, they had a, they, well, they had a phenomenal defensive core. So, what's your impression then of what we've seen so far in the exhibition games? Well, you know, I mean, we'd be remiss if we went the whole show without bringing up Nylander at some point. I mean, uh, you know, time has gone since our last pod, and nothing has changed. Yeah, um, you know, we're we're definitely creeping around that point in time where we're getting maybe a little nervous about. Uh, missing a game. I still don't necessarily think he's going to miss a game, uh, but let's let's just move along. My point was that Tyler Ennis slotting in quite well uh, next to Austin, yeah. Austin Matthews. And I mean, to be honest, I feel like I might be able to slot in beside Austin Matthews and look well. pretty and look decent. <laughs> you know, uh, Hyman was a beneficiary of that. Connor Brown yeah. was the beneficiary of that for, for a little while as well. So, you know, it brings us back to the Nylander thing. You know, you got to sign, bud. Pick up a fucking pen because once the puck is down, we're going to start winning hockey games and it's going to be not looking good for you. You got to figure that he, you know, he wants to play and, you know, his, his agent's no stranger to holdouts and neither is, you know, his dad. His dad held out on two contracts previously. And yep. I know he's a big part of the picture. But you know what? Okay, from what I've seen in the exhibition, Tyler Ennis is a really good reclamation project. He's on a cheap contract, and he's shown a lot of flash, a lot of skill. 
Um, another guy I've been really impressed with, but unfortunately does not have a shot of making the team because of the, the winger depth, is Jeremy Bracco. Oh, I know. That guy can move the puck, and he's got a bright future. And considering he was scratched last year in the, during the Calder Cup playoffs, I think he played like four or five games. But it shows you how deep that team was. But that guy, that kid's got a bright future. I mean, he he's shown so much to, uh, for me in the exhibition. And, yeah, it's exhibition hockey. You're not always playing against NHL competition. I know that. Yeah, but, but the smarts are he's, still there. He's shown the potential, like his playmaking abilities. And when the when there becomes a situation, which happens with all good teams, we've seen it with the Blackhawks, the Kings over the years, as you are good and you're competitive for years, you start losing guys because they want to get paid. So when guys get paid, it's guys like Bracco coming on the minors that are going to be very beneficial to you. You know, he. you're right. He has looked so impressive to me. Um moving the puck that's what you said one of the first things you said and that's all i could think about when you said his name i mean the guy just dishes i mean he is throwing out sauce passes he's throwing out indirect passes he's putting pucks into open areas for his teammates to skate into i mean it makes me really excited um you know what's his contract situation like do you have that up in front of you i've got the cap friendly here actually yeah what's uh look at what he's got what are we looking at for him i mean at some point this guy is gonna have a look somewhere and i mean so he is locked down to 2021 or sorry 2021 he becomes an rfa according to shout out to capfriendly.com okay yeah 2021 he becomes an rfa so he's got a couple years with the leaf still to develop and you know the best is yet to come with a guy like that um, what did you think of uh, another guy stood out to me uh, was Rasmus Sandin. I mean, he for for somebody who was a first round pick of the Leafs, and um, I got to give credit to um, uh, Poulin on TSN the broadcast. It was Sandin's debut with the Leafs in the exhibition, and he made the point that when's the last time you've seen a first round Leafs pick and nobody is talking about him? Perfect no pressure situation, right? Yeah, I mean it is, and what I like about it is we we touched on this guy before. You you love the fact that it is Sandine. It's Sandine, <laughs> and I think everybody loves the fact that it's Sandine. But um, you know, it, it's it's perfect because he looks to be another one of those Swedish defensemen, and as we can tell, as we look around the league, there are quite a few stellar Swedish defensemen. Some have already come and gone, and some are right in their prime and there are some that are up and coming there are so many of them and we may have one drafted 29th overall and we end up getting sda out of that yeah because he traded down that's right which is looking genius because they just signed him to a contract which is that's right phenomenal for that little guy who's appears to be 14 years old i want to see some id even but you know (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah back to sandy i mean i uh, i head up puck moving uh babs has raved about him and you saw what happened today is that because he was loaned from the the Greyhounds to his um, his Swedish team, he became eligible to go down to the A. They can send him back to Europe or they can send him to uh, back to junior. So he is in a position where whatever the Leafs feel best, whereas most guys his age, most first rounders will have to go back to junior or college or whatever. He doesn't have to do that. So they can put him in a situation that's what they feel is best for his development. And it appears that the Marlies are going to be that case. And they want probably want Keefe to develop him, um, maybe pair him with Lilligren down there and have those guys come up together. That You know, it works out perfectly. I just, I can't get over it to the point where if Riley 
and let's say Dermot can, you know, propel and be the projected players that we hope they can be, then it allows us to a slot a player like Sandine comfortably in behind those guys with nice, uh, you know, not not sheltered minutes, but smart minutes for his, you know, early in his career. And number two, we can be patient with him. We don't need to bring him That's in. That's right. ASAP. So. Well, with the logjam we've kind of got going on for the, I mean, defensive depth, a lot of it improvement, unproven depth at this point. But, I mean, we've got Ozhiganov, Borgman, Rosen, all those guys, right? So, but, I mean, if we're going to move into that, one other guy I want to get your thoughts on was, uh, was looking at uh, what, Pierre Engvall can bring to the table. Here's a guy I didn't know a whole lot about. I feel like I still don't really know a whole lot about this guy. I mean, I, what I liked about it when I heard his name being called on the broadcast, it was usually for a good reason. Now, I'm talking about a active stick. I'm talking about breaking up a play, being in the right right position. I just mean the announcer wasn't really saying his name and then saying, oh, you know, Engvall with a poor pass up the middle or, you know, something that you would expect a, an inexperienced player to do. Uh, but he didn't do this. I mean, he's a left winger, 188th overall in 2014. So, I mean, this guy is about ripe. I mean, He's pretty big, too. Yeah, he's big. I mean, left wing is, is, a, is a pretty, you know... It's a scarce position if you're talking fantasy. It looks like he's may have played his way into a conversation for a potential call-up if there's any injuries. That's really what I thought. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, there's not really anybody behind him um, at that point. Like, well, Trevor Moore, uh, he's undrafted, so you know the Leafs love to try and snag up their undrafted players. Yeah, and they've got him slotted in tonight with the with the NHL group. With the NHL roster, that's yeah. right. Actually, what is it, 1-1? One yeah. one. I was trying to pull you away from the microphone. I, I didn't I, look at the goal. I missed it, and then my phone was buzzing. So I know someone's texting me. About it was it. Ka- it was Kadri and uh, Mar or uh, Marner and Matthews were out there as well. So the boys are rounding into form early. I bet. Listen, why don't we wrap that up? Yep. Where's our uh, Where's our episode prep here? Get yep. the prep in front of us. That's pretty good, eh? Like we went through everything we're looking for there. Yeah, unless so, you want to get in that season outlook, or do you want to? No, save that? no, we'll take a, we'll take a, we'll we'll, we'll take a break here. Okay, and uh, and then we'll uh, we'll come back with some news and notes, and then uh, see if we uh, can fit in a little fantasy. See where, see if that takes us right up to my draft or not. Yeah.
I'll be honest, it's a kick in the balls for us. Um, that's how it feels. So it's tough because we love Smitty. He's a great leader. He's a great player. Um, unfortunately, I guess sometimes in this business, things happen that are, you know, sometimes beyond hockey reasons and things like that. So um, it's tough right now. I mean, we're, 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 we're hurting. We lost, you know, obviously potentially lost a guy in here. That's a big part, you know, selfishly for us, you know, if he's, if he's here, come tomorrow we're we're I mean it, nothing changes for us I know and nothing you know in terms of his role on the team is going to change all that but um you know I, I, as a friend I want what's best for him so um I'm hoping he's you know doing okay today I know it's gonna be a tough day for him and uh our our thoughts and and uh you know uh hearts are with him uh right now through this so it's a, it's a tough thing and it's it's a it's a bad part of the business I guess but uh it's the way it is I had to let that go I couldn't find a time to cut him off I mean that was like a eulogy it was pretty emotional for a guy that just arrived there last year and it shows you though what kind of uh what kind of guy Zach Smith is and what he means to that team and he's been there for quite a long time and he's one of those you know, grit grinder, heart and soul type guys. And I've always had a lot of respect for him as a player and just in watching the centers and what he brings. And you can see it on the ice, and I can only imagine what, you know, the intangibles are off the ice. Is is this anything other than Eugene Melnick trying to relieve himself of the $3 million and change that is owed to one Zach Smith? I would say that, yeah, I mean. That's it. It's got to come down to what we talked about last week. Eugene doesn't want to pay anybody, right? I mean, and, you know, he probably signed this deal when they were looking at, you know, being successful, pushing for playoffs. But right. even still with how how much salary they've shed just in the last year, you would think you could eat that contract and just deal with it. But the funniest part about what happened there is that nobody picked him up on waivers. Which was expected. And then, and then today he ends up, Back slotted in back on the same lineup spot, like their first line. And first they line looked like Kachuk and, and uh, whoever the hell they had him lined up with. So uh, Bobby Ryan, I guess, or Mark Stone. I mean, it's it's confusing and it, it's it's just it just puts more of a it puts more trouble in that room. I mean, you can tell by Duchesne's reaction. I mean. Him saying "kicking the balls" in, in a <laughs> media interview is quite, quite the thing to say, and you, you can hear how like demoralized Matt Duchesne is in that clip for having to speak to that to Zach Smith getting weight. Well, a couple of sound bites from the clip for me are uh, one, we're hurting, like that. That insinuates that the team is upset. Leafs just scored preseason action against Montreal tonight. Austin fucking Matthews scores. Let's go checking out the replay. Anyway, you know, so the first clip was we're hurting, which uh, to me shows that the team collectively uh, is, you know, affected negatively by this decision. And the second soundbite was uh, <laughs> if he's back tomorrow, nothing's changed like really matt nothing's changed you just said that the team is hurting now i know he comes back and nothing changes because he's in the lineup but oh i'm sure something has 
fucking changed. They tried to trade me. And then when they couldn't trade me because no one wanted my contract, they thought maybe someone will pick him up on waivers. Yeah. And I then mean, no one did that either. So now he's back at fucking camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you look at take a look at their center depth too. With without him, like their their center depth looks even worse. Like that. I mean, with Pajo being hurt, and then uh, at least they brought in Tierney. But you take out Zach Smith out of that lineup, and their set their center depth's even worse. Is right up there with Montreal as far as I'm concerned. It, you know, it's slightly better, I guess, because they actually have centermen, but. You know, and from what I read into Duchesne's comments as well is that he looks at the lineup around him too, and he's thinking like, "Man, we could use a guy like that." I don't care if it costs us three million bucks. We're not up against the cap. We're not in a shitty cap situation. Yeah, the team's in a shitty financial situation, but that doesn't, you know, like at the end of the day, you can tell what the the feeling is in the room, and it they're they're at war with their own owner. They're at war. And I mean, like, who are who are we blaming at this uh, on this one? Because it seems to me that, regardless of what the situation is, the blame is going straight to Eugene all all the time. And well, he's I, pulling the strings. Yeah, he's pulling we the strings, and Dorian is the yes guy. Yeah. So I mean, because I know Dorian has taken a lot of shit uh, from what seems to be a total fuck up again. Yeah. Like I mean, this is just another PR disaster. We can't go 14 fucking days without something happening with this team that is not great if you're a fan. At least, you know, when the season starts, they'll be able to start talking about hockey again instead of, um, you know, Well, that won't management. be much better. Well, I mean, it's better than talking <laughs> about dis- dysfunctional front office and team dynamics. So, I mean, at the end of the day, though, Josh, there's one thing we have to remember about the Ottawa Centers. They're a team. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. Like, who who are you? Uh, I mean, it's only a matter of time before Bobby Ryan breaks a hand or a finger. Well, that's the thing is, is you know, he's he becomes the worst contract. I mean, he already is the worst contract on the team. But well, Mar- he becomes Marion the- Garrick just said, "Hold yeah. on a sec, I got something to say about that." Yeah, and then as soon as he gets injured, he becomes the worst contract in the NHL essentially. But How, yeah, Duchesne's gone. Gotta be. Well, you figure how Stone, badly gone. does he want to resign there? Like we talked about this last week, there's no way these guys won't, are going to want to resign when when this shit keeps happening. Well, especially Duchesne, man, he specifically asked for a trade out of Colorado, and I quote, "I want to play in the playoffs." End and quote. When he arrived there too, he was talking about how excited he was to play for a contender, and then here he ends up in a situation for the lottery. where. They just yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it just the wheels come off like shortly after his arrival, and it's not even their lottery for fuck's sake. No, I know it's it Colorado's. It could not get any worse than it already is. And Holy man! Are we so beating a dead horse here? He's or what? gone. Stone has got to be gone. And I mean, they honest to god, let's go. If you are a Sense fan right now, and I know you're thanking the good Lord that you ain't. Yeah. If you're a Sense fan right now, you are. Resting your fucking life on home run trades for Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone. And what has led you to believe that you can expect that to be the case? Pretty much nothing. Pretty much nothing. I mean, there's nothing that's indicated to me that they're going to get King's Ransom for either of those guys. But they should be able to pull something good. And you know what? Hopefully they pull out a salvageable you know, first rounder. 
a mid first rounder or any kind of first rounder for this year to to give them a, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, a little glimmer of hope. How do you feel if you're a member of the Ottawa Senators scouting staff? A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Like, I mean, that's like that's like uh, being a father of five and having no job pressure. <laughs> I mean, this is where your scouting department makes this money, right, is when you're in a rebuild situation where every pick becomes magnified because the fans are clam- clamoring for some hope and trying to find something down the pipeline beyond what's already there. Well, what are we what are we at here now, my man? Well, I, I have written down in my notes, Dotchin got fat question mark. But did I, you see I, the picture? I saw the picture, the before and after, like last year's picture and then this year's picture, and yeah, he got fat. Like you know, it's weird too because he was really um, highly regarded, and I, I listened to Thirty One Thoughts the other day, and Friedman, I guess he got some text shortly after this news came out from other GMs in the league. And he was, cause he was interested, uh, I guess the other teams were interested in, in him, you know, knowing that he was, he was going on waivers and they were trying to get some information, trying to find out what happened. And it, it's, it's beyond just being out of shape. Apparently it's like this guy packed on the pounds. Oh man. He was on the Phil Kessel diet without the Phil Kessel metabolism. Well, rate. it sounds like he did what I do in the summer times, which is probably just, a lot of boozing, and but just <laughs> without the working out and the obligations of an NHL player. And you know what? If you're if you're Jonathan Taves or if you're Drew Doughty or, or somebody like that, you could show up to camp, Victor Hedman, something like that. You should show up to camp and you would looking like that, they they'd be like, Okay, like sure, well, well you know, you're still gonna make the team right work on your you know, get hit the gym and all that. But if you're a fringe NHL or like Jake Dodson, you're, you're screwed. You're fucked. Like that. It was very obvious to them. And they're like, no, we don't have time for this. And a deep organization like them, you know, you're gone. That's it. You know, I know that the, you know, the, the mentioning of Jake Dodson isn't going to sit very well with our, uh, leaf listeners. I mean, he absolutely, uh, you know, clocked, uh, Frederick Goche. Um, what was it? Two years ago. No, oh, and last I was at year. the game where he, last he, uh, last he year. hit Matthews. And Matthews got shaken up in his rookie year. Yeah, that's right. That's he, right. He had knee, a, there's a little knee on knee. Yeah, yeah he, it was knee on knee. I'm looking at it right now. There it is, knee on yeah, knee. Like he's, he's a, a dirty fuck. Yeah, he's a tough. He's a tough dude, and he goes out there and he makes his hit. So like, yeah, for a young guy too, like he he had a lot of value. And then now at this point, I, I figure if if Tampa's not going to show patience with you, I don't see many other organizations taking a chance on him. Especially if it's that bad, like they were saying, they're shooting, throwing around the number twenty five percent body fat. Like that's that's insane. That's insane. It is insane, though. I mean, like I'm almost concerned for his health. Well, you got to figure there's something more at play here. Like there, there has to be something more than just partying or or not working out. It's got to be a combination of things. And and you know, I feel bad making fun of him this much in the sense that we don't know what's going on. There could be shit going on in his life. Um, he could have had a rough go and he just kind of fell off the wagon or whatever, but you know, all the best to the guy in the end, hopefully he gets, he gets his shit together and he finds his way back into a job. Um, you got to figure an age or an AHL team, at least give him a shot or one way or anything. What did he just hear that Steve Eisenman was, uh, you know, stepping down and he was just fucking, well, that's a lot of weight to gain in three weeks. Cause he, <laughs> cause it was diet. not long ago. So I guess with Eiserman, um, I guess we'll move on to that. Um, I wanted to talk about this last week because I thought it was 
shocking news and you know with lots going on in, in camp it, I don't think it got talked about too much but um I mean it, it's a weird situation for for Eiserman to walk away with having been so successful in in building the lightning into what they are and with them being you know a cup contending team um why just, not leave after well, it, it, you know, he's been there, what, a long time now. Yeah. I want to say like eight eight years, At like least, almost 10 well, years. Yeah, so yeah. it's clear that the, the impression I got from what I've heard is that he, he just wants to he wants to move on and he wants to go back to Detroit where his family is because he was commuting. Oh, so and, you're hearing Detroit? Well, I'm, I'm hearing he, his family lives in Detroit. Oh, okay. So it's all but certain that he's going to go back and live there and advise the team from a distance. Oh, okay, I but see. I would think with with uh, Kenny Holland's future being uncertain, I would imagine he's probably already in talks behind the scenes with the Red Wings about a reclamation project there. You got to figure that's where his heart is, and that's where he lives, that's where his family lives, that's where his history is. He played his entire career there, um, and and Detroit's ripe for regime change. It's true. They do need they need to inject some some new age thinking some changes because they've gone from being a perennial contender to a team just trying to make the playoffs to, to keep some silly streak alive to, stay to becoming uh, an irrelevant team. You know, you look at the Red Wings in the last couple of years and it's, it's, I mean, I don't feel bad for the fan base given all the success they've had. Right. But it, the situation they're in, they're right for basically what the Leafs did, like an internal teardown, start from scratch, Stop signing plugs and move on. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, actually. They need to leaf that shit right up. Um, <clears throat> you know, I said that to one of my... Actually, my brother-in-law is a Detroit fan. I was saying that to him at one of our recent family get-togethers. Hey, man, you know, uh, I've been through the shit. And our, our shit as Leaf fans was, was extended by some poor management and, you know, I guess a few other things, but really... At well, the just end, mediocrity. Yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, we, we didn't care about having a winner and we didn't get one. So, um, you know, now it seems that we care about having a winner and we're, and we're getting one. And in order to do that, you do have to go through the cycle that is sports, uh, being at the top and then being at the bottom. You don't really want to spend much time in the middle. Um, you know, it's uh, speaking of that, it's, it's kind of similar to fantasy. You want to draft a great team or or take a couple of swings and miss on them, but at least you tried. Yeah. If you, I'm staring at the. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. What is this, amateur hour? Yeah, Amateur Hour, as we bring you back. Amateur Hour for Season 1, Episode 2, Lesko, and I think it's obvious that it's Season 1, Episode 2. Otherwise, we would have figured this shit out by now. I think we would have figured it out by now. You know, we're just a couple of dusters grinded out in the minors trying to make it in the podcast game. It's tough shit. So, we've had a little bit of cha- We've had some changes since we last met. Yeah, we essentially take a four-day break on episode two. <laughs> yeah, it seems that way. Um, you know, for the listeners that are still with us here, um, and I mean, I feel like obviously they are. It only I hope took, so. It only took one second for us to come back. <laughs> That's the beauty of uh, the podcast, folks. We're able to break and re-record, and here we are finishing episode two. We're actually going to 
take another break eventually and jump right into episode three. So hopefully you've got time to stick around for a couple because it's that exciting time when we go back to back here on the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam and Josh. So we're going to jump. Well, we'll wait a second. Why don't we go through what happened, the lesson learned. Uh, what happened was my computer froze. Oh, fully froze. Like <laughs> cursor locked, control, delete, ain't doing shit. And like my technical knowledge of computers is not bad. Like I can troubleshoot. But if control delete's not working, then you pull the battery because that's it. It was. It was. It was totally. It was fucked. Um, but thankfully, Audacity, the free program for recording, um, it saved our bacon, man. And it uh, it it recorded right up until you heard uh, that I was looking at the queue. We were actually about to start talking about fantasy right then and there. Um, yeah, it froze and we nearly lost it. But the lesson was learned. Save the segments. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? That's pretty good value for free 99. I would say so. <laughs> free 99. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, why don't uh, why don't I just kind of I'll let you know Friday was amazing. Uh, we're recording this right now on Monday. Mr. Big Time, too yeah. big for the podcast now. Uh, yeah, but we got some listens from, yeah, the, from the plug. The I don't know how many. The free promo yet. on Sirius XM radio is high quality for just going into your second episode. Yeah, it was wicked. It was perfect timing, and um, it was it was a lot of fun, man. I listened to you know any of our listeners out there that, that do listen to Sirius uh, as much as I do. I feel like that's not not going to be a very big number, but it's 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 a lot of fun. It really ramps up your knowledge for you know uh, things that uh, you wouldn't necessarily know otherwise. Like not just transactions that happened in the NHL or news and notes, but you know the the farm clubs for other teams, and you get to hear in interviews with you know other respected people in the game, whether it be scouts or t- you know broadcasters of the sort. Uh, it can be a lot, it can be a real experience to uh, to listen to them. So to be able to be a part of it and have you know my voice heard by many people in their vehicles or on demand or whatever the case may be, uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I drafted a, a pretty decent team. I won't go into the details of it, but it's not too uh, too intensive a league. But you know the um, the ability to be there in the studio and have a lot of fun. It was uh, it was wicked. Yeah, it sounds so cool. Like, uh, I was so jacked up when you told me about it, too. I was like, how the hell did you pull this off? Like, we just started a podcast yesterday. Was it that good that they just brought you on the fucking Sirius XM? <laughs> oh, it's amazing. That's <laughs> oh, amazing. Oh. All right, so um, good intro. Well, I guess I shouldn't call it an intro. It's an intro for tonight. Man, I'm all fucked up after that. Uh, it's, it's just going to sound hilarious on the actual podcast. Oh, I've been antsy, too, all weekend, being like, God, we got to finish this and get this out because I'm ready for episode three. I'm ready know? for episode three already, <laughs> yeah. but it's what what I like is that we, we're, we're strictly going to talk fantasy here yeah, for, the remain, yeah, for the remainder of the episode. So if you fucking hate fantasy and you don't want to listen to it at all, then don't. And uh, click on episode three because it should be right underneath this one. Or listen to, to it. Listen to it thoroughly. Write shit down. Make your own notes and then tell us why we suck. Yeah, good point. Tell us why we're yeah. full of shit. How yeah. about that? Yeah, because we could be full of shit. I mean, a lot of times with fantasy, you are, right? And that's uh, almost like the, the weather guy. That's, that's the why they call it fantasy. Yeah, it's the beauty of being the weather guy. You, you just be wrong. this up in your fucking head. <laughs> yes, it's very true. All right. So where do you want to go with it then, uh, Lesko? Where do you want to start? So, yeah, we're, we're uh, my talking, every time I talk, basically, okay, folks, anytime you hear me talking into the microphone, I'm 100% talking about Yahoo head-to-head uh, category-based uh, fantasy. So I'm talking 
you know, the standard uh, categories, which are goals, assists, points, plus, minus, penalty minutes, shots on goal, and goaltenders are wins, saves, and goals against average. So it's very standard categories. And, uh, yeah, every time I talk about it, that's what I'm going to be going for. So I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of schedule talk as well, uh, you know, teams that maybe don't play on busy nights uh, quite as much. So I'll focus a lot on that and hopefully help you with your week-to-week matchups in Yahoo. And as far as I'm concerned, I am in a pool with a bunch of pretty lazy stoners. So we, <laughs> a lot of these guys, uh, we keep it simple. I play in a straight point system, no head-to-head matchups. Um, you know, you still got to set your lineups and everything, but it's a little lower maintenance than the hardcore head-to-head stuff. I've done it before. I'm not a huge fan, well, but we are in a keeper league in my league as well. We got six keepers nice. that we carry over. So a lot of my, uh, my insight will be for the more simpler of the poolies out there. Nice. I like that uh, ability to have a core that you get to at least rely upon each yeah. and every year. I know, uh, you know, there's a couple of ways to look at fantasy. I know some people really like the head to head and I am one of those people, I think, but I really do appreciate the straight draft. The yeah. every year, every player is available. Yeah. The only thing that that we've noticed as time's gone on, especially as we increase the amount of keepers in our league, is that our draft is a little more uneventful. That's right. It's now, weak. Yeah. We had a couple guys bail this year due to not really setting, setting their lineups over the years. So okay. it's like, okay, are you in and you out, right? So we've had a few guys take over some teams, and then we've had a couple guys drop out. So I'm not sure if there's going to be an injection of good players into the draft, like if the teams haven't been transferred. Right. Okay. So that'll make things more exciting. And one of the funnest parts, actually, in how we started this draft uh, four or five years ago now, and what we did was it was a live draft, like in person um, at, in somebody's garage, and we would like draw names, and then it was one guy had a computer, and he logged everything and then put it all into uh, ESPN afterwards. Right. So it was such an elaborate thing, and it took fucking forever. And you know why? Because we're all boozing. Oh, yeah. And then what, what would happen is that everyone would do their pick, and especially the the early picks, like the first picks, you know, first round, everyone stand up. Okay, uh, so team uh, Benchwarmers here is proud to select uh, from the Colorado Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon. And right. it was like everybody did that. It just became a trend oh, year over year of, of doing this speech, like the stupid draft speech. It'd first like, round. We were like, fucking draft the guy already. Yeah. The yeah. same thing as the NHL draft. And then it's been harder as people have had kids and like things have changed. And some guys have moved away, so it's now it's been primarily online. Yeah, but we're actually rallying a crew to whoever's still local to do the the in person draft. Yeah, so I'm pers- excited for that. Yeah, in person drafts are fantastic. Uh, I know uh, probably a, a few of the boys in uh, my live playoff auction draft will listen to this podcast so they'll appreciate the shout out. We have a great time. The only problem is it takes us about twelve hours. Oh yeah. It's crazy. I've uh, taken over the uh, auctioneer um, duties over the last couple of years. Moving along. Yeah, I move it along a little bit, but it's still pretty difficult. I mean, with all the smoke breaks and the toke yep. breaks and the pee breaks, it can get pretty intense. So That's pretty much how it's gone yeah. for us. Like It's like it takes us hours to do the draft. Now it's a lot shorter, but we had done online recently, mm-hmm. so I'm glad that we're, we're getting that back. Yeah, it's a good on. option. All right, speaking of online, I know uh, you and I have both done uh, a little bit of homework here, and where are you going to bring us? Do you want to talk about some breakout, uh, some breakout options? Yeah, we can. I think we can start with that. So I'll, I'll take it right here with what I've got. Uh, well, we have breakout slash bounce back picks. So guys that 
you know, might have had a good output last year, but we expect them to exceed what the numbers they put up last year, whether they had a down year or whether they had, you know, a 40, 50 point, but we can see them going up into, a, you know, a bit higher uh, output this year. Um, so I've got uh, on my list here, I've got Jeff Skinner. I think he's really going to benefit from that trade in Buffalo. He's going to get into, uh, you know, sitting pretty there with Jack Eichel. That's only going to benefit him and benefit Eichel too, I think. Yeah, Eichel is a, a strange one in the drafts too, eh? Like, not people are kind of shying away from drafting Eichel. Am I going to pick Buffalo, him? Right? It's true, it's true. But doom and gloom is a pretty good option. We'll we'll see some of that. Uh, yeah, it, uh, coming up as well. So I've got also got uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Um, it seems that he's emerging as one of the top centers, and if they sh- suit him up with Panarin, look out. I mean, that that guy looks like he's poised to break out. I mean, he's got all the tools of uh, being a strong centerman in the NHL, got a bit more experience under his belt. So I see him taking off this year. Um, I'm also high on JT Miller down in Tampa. Uh, if he can maintain a top six role right now, they have him slotted in the first, I'm pretty sure with Stammer and Cooch. So if he can stay up there and not have Kalorn or somebody displace him, because I see Miller as more of a skill guy than Kalorn who's more of a grit grinder type. So and he's shown that he can score. He scored over twenty goals twice with the Rangers. He has the potential to put up some numbers. Yeah, and a tough job scoring all those goals with the Rangers too over their last few seasons. Let's go. Absolutely. So I also got on my list. I've got Jake Gensel. I mean, I've been actually picking him as a breakout for I think a couple of years now because he lights it up in the playoffs. I think it was uh, the previous year he lit up in the playoffs. I picked him in my draft last year, and he didn't do shit all because he can bounce around out of that top six and then down to the the nine. So it's if he can maintain top six presence, I saw him. I see him having a pretty big year. I'm also high on Pulleyarvi this year. I think Edmonton's going to be better this year, so their output's going to uh, be a lot higher. And Pulleyarvi looks like he's setting himself up for a top six role, potential McDavid line mate potentially. You know, if that and if that happens, I mean. I could score 50 with McDavid, I think. I <laughs> um, and then the last one I picked, and this is more of a bounce back than a breakout pick, but Max Pacioretty, who's going to mm. benefit greatly from playing solid first-line minutes in Vegas. I mean, they basically got him to replace James Neal, and he's going to have to measure that output. And he's a perennial 30-goal guy. I don't see any reason why I can't do it again, barring Vegas not just falling apart. Playing with Tuck and Stastny on the second line. Yeah, which isn't bad. I mean, But Sta- Tuck just got injured. Oh yeah, that's right. Eh? I I mean with Stastny though, I mean that, that those two can drive a line together. Oh, that's a solid. Oh, they're both solid if, options. I just saw that today. About yeah, Tuck. and if he's not playing with Stastny, he's gonna be playing with William Carlson. So I yeah, think he's gonna be right. okay. Yeah, they got the uh, Carlson. What was it? Carlson, Riley Smith, and Marcheseau. That's right. Yeah, as that front line. So yeah. that's right. With with the ability to interchange and have a a forty goal guy possibly. In the mix, I mean, yeah, I like that pick a lot. That's a great yeah. pick. So what do you got? Uh, I, bro- I break- broke mine down into uh, breakout and bounce back, respectively. So uh, my breakouts, uh, you know, not <laughs> Mark Stone, he's not so much a breakout because the guy is almost a point-per-game guy anyway, but I just I, I like the option. Uh, I You'll see Duchesne on my list as well. Like Stone, he's just such an interesting player for me. Um, he's basically, you know, he's playing for money. Uh, at this point, he wants a contract. He's gonna get a contract. We're talking career year because he yeah. broke out kind of last year. Exactly. I would say, yeah. But. So we're talking. We're talking career year, and 
I'm basically looking at him to follow up what he did last year with more improvements, maybe of the same ilk. So I don't even remember what, what the list was when I looked at his points, but it was a substantial increase. Well, and he's going to be in the driver's seat of everything. All the pucks are going to be going to him because That's right. he's all they got. He's all they got. He's the most talented player. And, and uh, Duchesne will make an appearance soon as well. So Hoffman, a former senator, um, I'm, again, I'm just I, I'm looking at basically just the word breakout and not so much talking about you know straight points. I'm looking at the ability for this player to make a difference in your lineup. He's going to be playing with some really skilled forwards yes. down in Florida. I mean, I don't even know who they have him lined up with, but it's either going to be Vinny Trocek, you know, or 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 Jonathan Hubert or Barkov. Yeah, you know, I mean, what an elite top six they have they have a good top six i think he's slotted between or sorry beside huberto and trocek right now there exactly yeah. and i mean how do you not want either of those guys on your lineup and if he's not he's gonna be playing with dadnov and, and yeah Markov who's your who's your dadnov yeah. who's your dad yeah you know dadnov's so, actually a good breakout yeah. pick too so so mark stone again just to touch on that one again my my idea there is the doom and gloom option someone has to score in ottawa and it will yeah. be mark stone mark stone also not shy of going to the penalty box Mark Stone not shy of getting a few hits, maybe fighting a motherfucker if he has to at one point. This oh, guy's he's gonna be good pissed for off. Your, this guy's good for your lineup. A lot of shots, points will come as well. Um, so two more quickly, Sebastian Ajo in Carolina. I just again yep. I like the I like the Canes. I like where they're going. They picked up Dougie Hamilton, who's got an offensive upside to the to the back end in Carolina. So, you know, look for him to be able to distribute that puck a lot faster to the skilled forwards. Ajo is basically going to be replacing Jeff Skinner. Or, sorry, not replacing Jeff Skinner, but the the points and the loss of Jeff Skinner is being really picked up by the, resur- the surgence of a guy like yeah. Sebastian Ajo. Oh, yeah. And finally, uh, Morgan Riley. Once again, breakout season was probably last season, but I'm looking at the breakout to continue. I don't want that to plateau. I, want, I don't think it will. Yeah, I want a guy that you know really broke it out last year and got himself to whatever it was, 50-some points. Yeah, he was over 50 points. And if he, being first slot on uh, that potent power play, yeah. Is, yeah. that's going to grow for Yeah, sure. so that's exactly where I'm at. So, uh, Riley, first-line power play. Uh, most people in your pools will probably go to Jake Gardner and for reasons that I spoke about before, the contract year. Jake Gardner's in a contract year. He's going to be wanting to do the John Carlson. Yeah. If you look up John Carlson's stats, his, he careered it at 68 points or whatever it was, 65 points, and it was like 15 or 20 more points than he usually gets Yeah, Gardner in a money year. Gardner won't have that first-line power play minutes. No. Most. That's what Riley's the better pick. I thought Bar- Riley right. was a better pick last year. It was funny, in my draft, somebody picked – Gardner like obscenely high, like in the fourth round or something. Yeah, in my so that's, pool. What, that's what I have. And in, I got Riley way late. Yeah, so that's what I have in the notes. Uh, most people will go Gardner first. You can probably wait on Riley. So 52 points last year, looking for, I'm thinking 60. You know, he could be right up around 60, and he had 25 on the power play last year that now boasts John Tavares. So um, why don't you want me to lead us off for bounce back? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go right into bounce back. So I have. Uh, I'll go quickly through them. So my bounce back, uh, James Neal. So James Neal. Uh, not a lot of people might consider him a uh, a bounce back, but in the final fifty games of last year, he completely he sucked. tapered off. Yeah. yeah, he completely sucked. He 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 got uh, forty forty four points in seventy one games played, but I believe twenty eight or more of them came in the first sixteen or mm. twenty games. Like he started off quite well. Everybody was saying, Holy geez, look at James Neal. I think he got a hat trick too. Yeah. Early. 
like real early, first game or something. Yeah, it was early on. Um, you know, so he's going to be playing top line with Goudreau and Monahan. So there's going to be a lot of quickness, a lot of puck movement to that line. Uh, and he just signed five years in Calgary. So he's looking for some stability there. Uh, Matt Duchesne, there's an audition for 31 teams going on right now for Matt Duchesne. Because as we know, he, I'm not saying the guy is not uh, uh, loyal. I'm not saying he's not loyal. But what I am saying is that he's not afraid to test market. He didn't want to play in Colorado. He requested the trade. He got it. Unfortunately for him, he got sent to a tire fire. All joking aside, that's just what happened. So now he's in a situation where he's a guy like Mark Stone. He's auditioning for 31 teams. Uh, you know, you got to include Ottawa in there because if he wants to take a take a, a contract there, he can. And again, someone has to score in Ottawa. Duchesne, very vocal in the media, right? This guy has a lot of opinions, and he's not afraid to to say whatever he wants, as we saw in the clip from earlier Talk this episode. Talking about balls on yeah, television. Yeah, you get real kick in the balls, you know? So if, he, he, if he's going to be vocal like that, then he's got to back it up on the ice. And uh, one more for me, Joe Thornton. Um, double surgery on the knee in January, his second major knee surgery in January. Uh, but apparently, as per the reports I'm reading online, he looks phenomenal in training camp. Like, Good to hear. He's surprised in, in training camp. He's top line. And top line power play minutes, which now features Eric Carlson and Evander Kane. I'm assuming too. So yes, absolutely. That guy can put the puck away. Um, I had mixed my breakout and bounce back picks, but I'm going to throw one more at you uh, as a bounce back. And you, you know, it, it kind of is his his offensive output throughout his career is actually quite impressive if you actually look at his numbers. But Alex Gachenyuk. I mean, here's a guy that they pretty much ran out of town last year. He was getting demoted in the lineup. He fell out of favor with Claude Julien and obviously with the organization because they sent him off to fucking Arizona. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be playing first-line minutes. He's going to be playing with Keller. He's going to be playing with very talented young kids. And he is a guy who's still young. He's not quite come into his own in the NHL. I think there's a lot more to be seen from this kid. And we are talking fantasy, so let's let's point this out on that player. He may be injured, okay? But Galchenyuk is only injured for, what, five weeks? Six weeks, maybe tops. Right. He's going to be back quickly. And you're so, going to be able to draft him way exactly. lower than you normally so, would. So or here, keep an eye on your waiver wire for him. Three times in three separate drafts, Lefsko, he went un, he went unselected. So in one of my drafts, instead of using my last pick on a total dust player that I may drop, injury guy. I may drop anyway, I go with Patch or uh, Patch Ready. I go with Galchenyuk. Because I mean, as soon as the draft is complete, my first move is to put him on the IR and pick up another guy. Yeah, yeah, because you can use that slot right to so your advantage. So draft Galchenyuk and bury him and pick up another guy. Like just because you see that he's injured, don't you know? Don't just go away from the guy. I mean, even even a guy like Corey Perry, that one may be a little aggressive because you can probably pick him up on the waiver wire. You know, in in January way later. But the thing is, is it doesn't matter if you if you do it now or you do it in January. That's right. If you want to be the guy to get Corey Perry, because when he does come back, maybe it's early. Yeah. And he comes back on fire, and you missed out because you didn't pick him up on the waiver wire in time. You know, don't be don't be afraid to do it because there's going to be a couple of draft picks, especially if we're talking in leagues where you have a lot of roster players. Okay. You don't need to be drafting Blake Coleman. I actually drafted. <laughs> I actually drafted Blake Coleman. He's in, such a loser. <laughs> yeah, but we have like <laughs> fucking twenty-seven guy roster. Oh, okay. Okay. It's huge. Um, I so I I quickly pulled up the daily faceoff page on the Coyotes because I was 
I, I you saved me there because I didn't even know Galchenyuk was uh, injured. So I'm glad you brought that up. But <laughs> oh, do you didn't yeah. even know? It's yeah, a so fantasy it was boy, a huge save, you. huge save. So, I, but I pulled up and I scrolled down to look at their injuries, and I I forgot that there is a one Dave Boland on their IR, yeah. and also a Marion Hosa. Oh man. We wouldn't see those guys suiting up for the uh, Coyotes, I no, guess, we considering won't. Hosa is allergic to his gear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, all right, where are we at? So we're, we're at up goalies. to the goalies. Yeah, okay, goalies. I think we're going to have a lot of crossover here, but so I don't know if you want to just rhyme off and talk or if you want to add on to what I got, but I've got Vasilevsky. I had him in my pool last year. He killed it for me. Shout-outs galore. You know, one of the highest win counts. Um, the other ones I've got here, I have Pekarene. Again, I had somehow I got Vasilevsky and Pekarene last year. So my goalies kept me in it. I came second and um, just riding the backs of shutouts. The shutouts in my league are like five points or something, and then uh, a couple for a win. So I'm slightly I'm out. slightly concerned about Rene this year. I, I am him, too. I have him in a keeper pool, and the only reason why I'm in, why I'm concerned is because you've got Saros there with a uh, contract. He's got term. Yeah, and and Rene does not. No, he's easy to turf if he if he shits the bed like he kind of did in the playoffs there last year. The wheels came off. Yeah. I don't know if he's overworked. But and quick hooked too. They should. They they're going to give a lot more starts to Saros. That was me my only concern about Rene. But I mean, just based on what he's done and the amount of games that Nashville is going to win, that's why I have him there. Pick them both up. Yeah. Right? That would be a safe way to play yeah. it. Pick them both up. You get every um, national game. I'm looking at Matt Murray. That one's self-explanatory. He's a phenomenal goaltender. He's still a rookie a fantastic. <laughs> yeah, two-cup rookie. Yeah, he's uh, he's obviously a fantastic team. Pittsburgh's going to be a contender, as we know. Um, I've also got uh, Tuka Rask because Boston, I mean, they're going to keep rolling. They're going to keep growing this year. They've retooled on the fly, and Tuka Rask seems to be as good as ever, although somewhat inconsistent. But Let's be honest. Regardless of what happens to Tugaraski's playing the majority of the games in Boston. That's right. That's right. And uh, I've got our boy Freddie Anderson on there because the Leafs are projected to win a few hockey games this year. And, I mean, I've been watching Freddie Anderson, you know, this whole fucking time, and I have not been this confident in the Leafs goaltender in years. And we know that the backup situation is secondary and that Mike Babcock wants to ride the shit out of Anderson – Hopefully a few less starts this year so he doesn't burn out. That's me as a fan talking. But as a fancy guy, you're going to get your fair share of wins out of him. So I'll just pick up with Freddie because he's one of my three. And that's the only one that we crossed up, uh, that we crossed on. And then I'm going to ask you a serious fucking question after I talk about Freddie here. So Freddie, yeah, one, Babs plays the starters. 66 games played in each of his last two seasons. Uh, 38 wins last year with five shutouts. Great for pools. Um, my main question is how... How on, on earth could they be worse than they were last year? Setting franchise records um, with what went out the door and what came in the door, I don't think that you can say anything about the team being worse. Let's just agree to that. I would agree to that. And I just team think is not worse. Barring injury and barring that he, you know, he doesn't have one of those Freddy Octobers. That I was he's had that recently. was my next point. As long yeah. as it stays in October and doesn't move past that, I mean, they managed to get it with a winning record anyway. So. As long as, yeah, as long as we see what we know he can do, and which I, I'm fully expecting, and he stays healthy, then, you know, you're good for a good amount of wins. So let me talk about the, the starts then. So we had 66 starts for Freddie last year, 66 the year before. 
why do you expect Babcock to play him last? Or, or you hope, sorry, why do you hope? You want him to be rested for playoffs. Well, that right? Right? yeah, that's the main argument behind it. You don't want to burn him out. I mean, he's in his prime, you know, age-wise. So we okay. should be able to handle that workload. But, okay. I mean, why overstrain him if he, if? But it sounds like in, I'll tell in you the why. situation, they're going to have to. I'll tell you why. We need to be, <laughs> we, it is we, fuck it. We need to be ahead of Boston and Tampa. We need to finish Every first. Every game counts. We need to finish yeah. first. So I think that's why they did last gonna, year. He's not going to play 66. I think he's going to play 69. Could could very well be, especially if, you know, it really depends how that backup situation shakes out. But if they're not, Babs isn't happy, then he's fully, you know, he's fully ready to ride him out for that many games. So let me ask you, though, how many times last year would you say you said to yourself, or to someone, I'm just saying. Like, how many times last year did did you have the idea? Hey, I can't believe they're starting Freddie again. Uh, you know what? I was pretty used to how Babcock was doing it, so I was not surprised. Never. I assumed he played, and I'm pretty sure that's how it shook out. Is that he played every game except for a back to back, and he was never bad enough at a point where you're like, I don't know if he should start. Which is great because going from the goal t- constant goaltender turnover and controversy the Leafs had, it's really nice to know going into a game that's not back-to-back and you know exactly who's starting. It is nice. All right, so Freddie definitely uh, definitely going to be available. Uh, I believe Freddie will probably be somewhere around the fourth or fifth goalie uh, selected in your respective pools. My fucking problem I have with you here is how the hell can you leave Connor Hellebuck off your list? Uh, How are you leaving Hellebuck off your fucking list? Yeah, I have not mentioned Hellebuck, and I kind of forgot about him, to be honest. Fucking guy. He should 100% be on my list. Yeah, so I, I don't have him on the list, but the only reason why is because I so I felt like Vasilevsky and Hellebuck were very obvious choices based yeah. on their statistics and their strong teams. Um, not to say that other guys like Freddie or uh, Rene, for example, or Bobrovsky aren't great options. I just believe that there was, there was two high-tier everyone will want those. So either you're going to be the guy that drafts Hellebuck or Vasilevsky in the first or second round, or someone else will. And it's not a problem if you want to be that guy. But you can't be that guy if you're picking one through seven. There's only basically. a handful of elite goaltenders, and you get them early. Or you, you don't. Can, but not too early. Like yeah. I, I'm bigger on – I mean, they're not going to get you more points than a, fo- a, a good forward in most pool That's formats. Right. Well, it, it depends on your format. If you're If you're like a 6-4 – Split, meaning six categories for players and four for goalies. Well, then you want a goalie. Yeah. Because you can win, absolutely win a week if you have amazing goalies. But if it's 11-3 or something like a lot of leagues, well, then I don't care about my goalies. I'm just going to pick up a bunch of dusters and make sure that they get in the net. So where, where are we at from here? Where are uh, we going? Well, we got goalies. I haven't done my goalies yet. I was Keep just going. giving you shit on Hellebuck. So uh, I like Talbot as well. I think Edmonton. Uh, I'm big on Edmonton uh, anyway. Should I, be I, better than last year. Yeah, I'm. I'm a. They live I'm, and die by him, though. I'm a believer. Uh, I'm a believer in, uh, in in Talbot and and the Oilers this year. So don't blame me if they're terrible. Um, and then another one is Gibson. I feel like you'll be able to get a guy like John Gibson pretty late. He does get uh, his fair share of starts. He got 60 last year. Uh, 31 wins, so that's a decent number. The biggest number for me is a 928 career save percentage. So, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable, Lesko. Um, you know that your guy is going to be making saves and putting your your well his team on a, on a chance for a win. And also, most importantly, perhaps Gibson is a Anaheim Duck, and they play on off nights. So, 52 of their 82 regular season games are on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, which, again, if you're in a Yahoo, 
head-to-head pool are your weak nights, and uh, and you could potentially win a weak matchup because you have John Gibson playing nets for you on Sunday night. That's a great tidbit that I never would have thought of. So I'm glad you contributed that. Yeah. So two more quick ones. Let's go. Do you have any? Uh, do you have a buyer beware? Did you yeah, get one of those? I actually ready got for a me? few of them. My number okay. one is Carey Price, only because I expect him to have a better year this year. But I'm really who knows what the hell Montreal is going to be like. I mean, that their lineup is interesting. Where I see they've almost uh, mimicked the Leafs in that they went young as shit this year and just let guys figure out their roles. Mm-hmm. But they still have no centermen, and their defense is sketchy as hell. And Shea Weber's injured half the year. I mean, Price could drive them to a bubble team, but it really hinges on him, and I wouldn't bank on him as being, you know, guaranteed what you would have expected a year or two ago in, in a draft, drafting him. Okay. Uh, the other one I've got is Ty Ratty because everyone's high on this guy because he's lit it up in the preseason playing with McDavid. Um, without a doubt, there's no nothing gluing him to McDavid. <clears throat> Anybody could, you know, it can be a rotating cast of wingers. We've seen it with Crosby back in the day. And, yeah, it settled on Kunitz and Pascal Dupuis for a number of years, but it took them a while to figure that out. So I really see anyone could end up on his wing. Do not take this preseason stuff. You look at this guy's overall stats, and you don't draft him high. If you can sneak him out late or pick him up on waivers, give it a month and yep. figure it out. Okay. Um, I've got Eric Stahl because, I mean, Minnesota, again, there just seemed to be this mediocre team, and I don't see him replicating what he did. If he does, good for him. It's a great story, and I love to see it. But I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. I see he's the offensive driving force of that team, and if you're going to pick a guy from that team, he's probably your best call. But other than that, do not draft him in the context of what he produced last year. The next one I've got is Elias Lindholm. I think a lot of people are high on him. Fresh contract, getting traded over to Calgary. But I just look at the top six there, and I'm not entirely sure that he ends up being, you know, immediately, at least this year, a, a big solution for them. Their offense goes through Goudreau. It's going to go through Neal. It goes through Monaghan. So, I, again, he's he's definitely secondary if you're looking at the Flames. There's much better players to be had. And, yeah, that's what I got. I only had one for you, and I just feel like I'm going to talk about it for too long. Patrick Kane. I'm buyer beware on Patrick Kane. He has no Panarin anymore. That's all it is. He's got no bread. Yeah. He's got no bread, man. I wanted to give you the last three years of his career. The guy's played 82 games every year. So that's one thing you can bank on is Patrick Kane being in the goddamn mm-hmm. lineup for sure. But in his last three full seasons with 82 games played in each season, last year, 76 points and a minus 20. Now, the minus 20, maybe let's relax on that a little bit. They were the Chicago Blackhawks of 2017-2018. Maybe shit maybe stat. a bit of an anomaly. But the thing is, shit stat if you may, Lesko, it is it's a standard stat. Yeah. So it's in there. I hope they fucking move it. Anyway, 2 years ago, 89 points plus 11. 3 years ago, 106 points plus 17. So the only thing that stands out for me there is the last two or sorry the 2015 to 2017 he had Panarin 106 points and 89 points and then he doesn't have Panarin he gets 76 points well he still doesn't have Panarin and I don't know what he can do to prove to me that he need that he doesn't need him I don't think he naturally needs him but due to the fact that the team's declined overall and he just he benefited greatly from having him and that was the huge gamble that the Blackhawks had by trading Panarin I mean they trade him to get uh, Taves a winger and saw it essentially, and it, it backfired right. greatly. I mean, I was uh, I was an owner of Panarin in my keeper league for a couple of years, and 
fuck, I was so happy with, and, and I took a chance on him when he was fresh in the league, and he ended up winning rookie of the year and tearing it up. I actually traded him last year for Marner, which worked out pretty oh good. Oh my god, <laughs> pretty amazing. good for me. Uh, and like, I don't know if it's my leaf covered gl- color glasses no, on in that amazing. trade, Marner's but it's it's worked out really good, especially with Johnny T there. But yeah, no, I agree with you on, on Kane. Definitely draft him. Just don't draft him in the first round because I think there's better things to be hired. More sure bets. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. I'm not saying buyer beware. Don't fucking draft the guy. Right. I'm just saying like, watch out. I mean, people. I've seen mock drafts. I was in mock drafts just to you know prepare for my show on Sirius and prepare for this and it was just like some choices were just what is happening like you know now mind you on the mocks the categories are all random we don't know what what stat categories are going to be in this mock draft so their fantasy rank might be totally different yeah if they're if they're focusing in with face-offs and stuff like that then a guy like Ryan O'Reilly is going to jump way up yeah you know, and a guy like McDavid might might actually fall down there right. because McDavid sucks in the draw. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, when I factor in these things, oftentimes if you don't take your time to stay current and do a lot of research, you get caught up in what people have done, not what they're going to do. And I've always tried to keep that lens when I'm doing my draft, being like, who's next? Who's breaking out? I've been keen on that, and that's how I picked up guys like, say, Tarasenko. It happens every years. year. Philip Forsberg. I drafted all these guys early before they really broke out because on a limb and laid in my drafts, and they ended up being keepers, so it's worked out in my favor. So we doing, um, are we going to do a sleeper here? Yeah, let's and, do a quick sleeper. Okay, I got uh, Eli Tolvanen. Tol- there it is. Eli Tolvanen from uh, Nashville Predators. Right now he's sitting outside the top six, but there's a very good chance on that left wing, he can break himself in there and get some more ice time, and he's going to be playing with some talented guys if he does. So he could be a late pickup. He could be a guy to keep an eye on the waiver wire, but he, this kid's got a lot of skill, and he's in the NHL finally, and they've been very high on him. He's their top prospect coming in, and this kid has got what it takes to produce at the NHL level. It's just whether or not he gets the opportunity. Yeah, see, that can be the question mark, similar to a guy like... Uh... Uh, Zadina, for example, in yes. Detroit. Like, is he going to get his? Uh, is he going to get his opportunity? Maybe a little easier with a guy like Zadina because Detroit wants to be bad. Let's be honest. Right. Detroit has a track history of drafting well, so they want to put their scouts in a good position to get another good draft pick. Now, Carolina, you know what are they? You know they're kind of like treading water. Slash, we want to be better and we want to make the playoffs and make a difference. And you know, but we need the we need these young players to come in, right? So the opportunity to present himself and make a difference there is 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 huge uh, in, in that lineup. He plays for Nashville. Oh, sorry, Nashville. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, way to let me go the whole way. Well, I was just looking at you like straight on, just being like. And I was trying to figure out if he, uh, before calling you out, if you were actually talking. Okay, about I see. So then that now, context. okay, so in Nashville, then he's got a great opportunity. Well, to I mean, lineup, to produce right? more, yeah, yeah, no, no, but because of <laughs> Sorry the fact for burning that you no, there. no, that's fine. But they're already <laughs> they're already there, right? They're already in their window. So he wants to be a, a, a guy that they can look to to say, okay, we've lost a couple of guys to injury, and you know now we've got how do you pronounce his name again? Eli Tolvanen. Tolvanen. There we I think. go. Yeah, so I mean, he's able to step up and at least uh, you know make an impact in their lineup yeah. and not be a, a big question mark. Right? Oh yeah, who do you got anyway for your sleep? I got Troy Terry, so I'm going back to nice. the well. Yeah, I'm going back to the well with the five hole Terry. Uh, yeah, nice. Uh, back to the well with the Ducks again. I can't stress enough their their amazing schedule. Um, and Troy Terry's riding shotgun now with uh, a couple of key injuries to the Ducks. And you might look at that and say, okay, well, why do I want to pick up a guy on a team that you know might be struggling with a couple of injuries? Well, 
they're they may struggle to win games, but that doesn't mean that they're going to struggle to score goals. They're still going to score goals. Teams on average are scoring north of 200 goals a year anyway, so you might as well get a piece of something yeah. while you're there. And he's and, riding up with Getzlaff. That and should Raquel. very benefit yeah. him. And, yeah, and, and, benefit him and Raquel, who is uh, really trending upwards as well. So, I mean, the guy's going to get a, a really good opportunity. He got 48 points in 39 games last season at the University of Denver. So... Um, you know, drafted in the fifth round at 148 in the 2015 entry draft. That's so this, a snipe. Yeah, so he's a, he's a 97 birth, and he's 21 years old, and he's right about that time where he'd like to make an impact. A lot of people might be thinking, well, this Troy Terry guy, who the fuck is this, some 18, 19-year-old? Oh, no. if you saw that World Juniors where you're sniping all the, the shootout genos. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I didn't that's even remember uh, him from. Yeah, well, yeah. he uh, he was part of the U.S. National That's where he made his name. As well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in 2014-15. Okay. All right. So um, one more quick point here. Uh, what was I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. I wanted to um, just quickly point out the rest of, of the research that went into uh, schedule manipulation for Yahoo head-to-head. So um, two teams that you may want to just be wary of maybe not drafting multiple players from these teams. Uh, Columbus and Montreal. So they play... Most of their games are on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. So those are the the nights of the week where uh, you will likely have decisions to be made in your lineup, who to sit and who to play. So if you have multiple guys from those teams, you may be running into some issues there. Also, other teams that play a lot of games on on, uh, bad, busy nights are Nashville, L.A., and Tampa Bay. And the off-night team-heavy is Anaheim is the biggest, Vegas is right behind them. So there's a key one to think of as well. So you got a lot of Sunday games in Vegas. Calgary, Chicago, Colorado, Carolina, and New York Rangers. So you can mark that down. If you are if you still have a few drafts or whatever going on, you can think about that moving forward. Very good. So we wrap it up here and move on yeah we'll wrap that up and start uh, episode three we're actually the exact same time as the first episode which so is really too funny went a little so, bit longer than we yeah, expected yeah but, but that's fine yeah but this isn't long you're wrong you, you're wrong ho- hopefully you stick around and listen there yeah, and enjoy yeah, yeah. uh all this bullshit yeah we're but talking. they yeah but they knew it was fantasy we told them it was fantasy and fuck off if you yeah, didn't if listen. you like fantasy you would yeah. probably listen to the whole thing because you're a fucking nerd exactly yeah <laughs> and i'm a fucking nerd with fantasy yeah so you I went full nerd at the end the with the schedule manipulation but yeah hey, but any edge you can get any edge any what do you mean nerd? This is this is what's gonna happen here. This is what's gonna happen here. I went full nerd when I didn't know who Eli Tolvanen was. Yeah, I, yeah. Or didn't I let it. you go pretty far with that? I you did. You did let me go far <laughs> on that. That was a dick move. Yeah. All right, we'll see you next episode. That's it. Episode two is a wrap. Thanks for listening, Adam and Josh here at Coleman Forty Two at Adam Lesko on Twitter.com. That's the Twitterverse. We are live, and um, for any of our listeners that. Uh, want to get a piece of my show on Sirius, I will tweet out a link and you can uh, click on that and head over. Thanks for listening. We'll see you for episode three. Hang them up.